sickness in your ears, if you hear a voice that's condemning you or telling you bad things, that's not God's voice. God doesn't do that. He speaks life. And he's a lifter of your head. He hasn't done press us down. He doesn't say, well, you should have. Well, if you would have, if you had of. He doesn't. Now, Mama might do that. <laughs> or Daddy might do that. But God doesn't do that. God is a lifter. And so, if you hear voices doing that, you need to tell the devil, be quiet. In Jesus' name, I'm going to listen to my Daddy. Because he's speaking good things and he's speaking hope and life to us. And so just know that. It's important. I wish I'd have known that when I first started walking with God. You know, there's so many things that are just little basic things. You know, when kids start out in school, you know, they learn the basics. Their sounds of their letters and then how to make them. And little pictures that go with those sounds. And they begin to put it together. But it's line upon line. It's one block upon another block upon another. You know, that's how our walk with God is. It's just he's leading us step by step by step. It's not hard. We just follow and he leads. He knows where he's going and he knows where we need to go. And so we just need to follow him. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you tonight for opening our hearts to hear and to receive all that you want to say to us, Lord. In every room in the house where the word's going forth, we just thank you for ministering to us. In Jesus' name. Okay. Last week, we're doing a series talking about the Spirit-formed life. We want the Holy Spirit to form our lives. We don't want to form it because we can't. We want God to form it. And so it's the Holy Spirit is the former in our lives. He's the one that, that structures our lives and puts it together and makes it what it ought to be. And so um, last week... We began, and we're studying ten disciplines of the Spirit of God and of the Holy Spirit that will help us to experience ongoing transformation in our lives. And it's, it's not like, do this, do that. It's not, it's not a discipline like that. I would like to say it like a practice, like something that, that you put into practice in your life that will help you in your spiritual walk and growth and help you in that transformation and in that uh, place. In, in God. And the last week, we studied the first one, the first discipline of a spirit-formed life and spirit-formed living that helps us um, to walk in all that God has. You know, um, when a farmer gets ready to plant seeds, and we talked about this uh, parable last week about the sower of the word. But, you know, if, if when a farmer gets ready to plant the seed, he didn't just throw it out there on some rocks. And he didn't just throw it out there on hard ground. But he prepares that ground. He tills that soil. And that's what our hearts are like. And so in the spirit form life, we have tilling tools, I would say. And things that we can do that will make the soil of our heart prepared and ready to receive the seed of the word. And how many know that if a seed goes down into, uh, in the natural, in a garden or in land or farm, if it, if it is very prepared and ready and fertilized and just got the soil that's full of new, man, that seed, it's going to grow and produce great big old plants and um, just a huge harvest. But if you throw it out there on some rocks or stuff, the birds are going to come pick it up. So we're talking about 
things in the spirit form life and, and um, the things that we can do that will till the soil of our hearts and make it ready and pliable and moldable and prepared for the seed to come in. And last week, the first discipline or the first practice of the spirit that we talked about um, <clears throat> was that of committing to hearing God's voice. Now, that's simple. That's very simple. That's real basic. Spirit-formed living, Bible 101, <laughs> committing to hearing God's voice. But how many times do we run out ahead and we get up in the morning, we think, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 you know, get the list or get whatever, get the plan, and out we run. But if we'll commit to hearing what God has to say and just sit, even if just for a few minutes, say, Lord, your word says if I acknowledge you in all my ways, you'll direct my paths. And I want you to know that I want you to direct my paths today. And Lord, if you've got something you want me to know, I ask you to share it with me. I ask you to show me. And I want to tell you that I'm preparing my heart to hear and receive what you would say today. And he may speak things to you then and open your Bible and let him speak to you out of it. But don't just say, okay, had my time with God. Now I'm going out the door and get in the car. No. Keep your ears open. Keep your heart receiving and being committed to hearing God's voice throughout the day into the evening until you lay your head down. And you know, when you're committed, God will even give you dreams that are from him. He'll speak to you in your dreams and tell you and show you things that, um, that you didn't know. You know, one time, in a dream that I had, uh, Patrick had a sty one time. Y'all know what a sty is, a little painful little bump thing on your eye that can get bigger and itch and hurt and stuff. And uh, he had a sty, and I prayed for him, and God took care of it. He healed it. And then I got one. I said, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Devil, you know. And so, um, you know, so I was praying for myself and everything. And one night I went to sleep and I had a dream. And in my dream, there's a lady that I don't know if any of y'all have ever heard of Billy Brim, but she's a lady teacher that I love and love to listen to. She used to work for Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. But in my dream, I was in a Billy Brim meeting. Now, this was just a dream. And in my dream, though, I dreamed she laid hands on my eye. And it was so, you know how, you know how Paul said, I didn't know if I was in the body or out of the body, you know. It was kind of like, was it a dream? Was it real? Because in my dream, when she laid my hand, she laid her hands right on my eye. When she did, her hand was so soft, I reached up and touched her hand in my dream. But it was so real to me, it was as if I felt her hand. I don't know. I couldn't separate it. My point is this. God will speak to you even in your dreams. He'll do things in your dreams. And I remember when I woke up, I still remembered that dream. I thought, that was so real. And I thought, I wonder if my sty got healed. You know what? That sty was gone the next morning. But it was so real. And y'all, God just wants to do so many things in our lives. Don't limit him. But you know what? That didn't happen because I'm going, oh, God, give me a dream. Oh, heal me. I never think of anything like that. But he just loves us. And you just follow after him. He cares where you hurt. He wants to heal you, as Joyce Meyer says, everywhere you hurt. If you've got a sigh on your eye, a pain in your head, something going on. If your heart hurts, your emotions, he wants to heal us everywhere we hurt. God is good. 
And you know, he's ever reaching to help you and to heal you and to make everything okay. And your part is just to say, all my life you've been faithful. I may not can figure it out, but God, you can figure this out. This looks too big for me, and it is too big for me, but it's not too big for you. And you magnify him above those problems. You know those little problems that shrink down to a little old ant on the ground, and you just step on it. Say, my God is supplying my every need. That's what he does. So last week we talked about committing to hear God's voice. Because Jesus calls us to follow him, but we've got to hear him. We've got to listen. We've got to know what he's doing to be able to follow. And the second discipline we're going to talk about tonight, and we're going to study, is living in the power of baptism. And I'm talking about water baptism tonight. And I, I pray that I tell you some things. You go, oh, I never thought about that. And I will tell you this. Is there anybody in here that's never been water baptized? Have y'all all been? You haven't? You're going to love this teaching. You're going to go do it now. Because <laughs> it's just, I mean, I just never had anybody really. Oh, and I, let me tell you, this didn't come. I, I love Jack Hayford. I told you all last week. I forgot to tell you tonight. He's just such a, he's a general in the, in the army of God. In the, he is just such a, I think brother, uh, I think he, Pastor Jack is in his 90s now. Not sure. Could be 80s, but he's older. And, um, but I'm, I'm teaching from a book called The Spirit, uh, Living the Spirit Form Life because, uh, this man's lived it. He's pastored. He's had a Bible college and the King's University that they have moved to Gateway Church now. So it's just, I love learning from those that have walked it out for years on end, and their lives are time-tested. You know what I mean? They're men and women of integrity that walk it out, and God gives us those gifts to learn from. And so when I started reading it, I went, ooh, I want to share it, so I'm sharing it with y'all. So this is the second discipline was about water baptism. You know, sometimes people read things in the Bible that Jesus tells us to do, and they think that, oh, well, I don't really want to. You know, Jesus told us to be water baptized. Did you know that? Some say, well, my hair will look bad if I go on. <laughs> well, we're going to deal with our pride. <laughs> <you know? laughs> but, um, and sometimes we're sprinkled. I was sprinkled as a child. And, you know, and that's, that's okay. But, you know, when you come to know Jesus for yourself, then you need, I believe, and I wanted to. Nobody told me I had to, but I wanted to be baptized once I knew water baptizing, immersed, once I knew him as Savior. And then I saw in the Word. So anyway, so we're going to talk about that tonight. Because Jesus commanded all who've received the gift of life, him, received him, the gift of salvation, for them to be baptized in water. Being baptized in water does not save you. If you were born again today and you died tonight and did not get to be baptized in water, you would be, you were going to heaven, Okay. But it is what Jesus tells us to do. And honestly, you don't have to understand why or anything all right here. Just be obedient to what he tells us to do. There's lots of things Jesus offers us and says is available to us in the Bible. And sometimes people go through like a little grocery aisle picking, well, I'll have some of that. I don't want any of that. I like some of that, you know. But why not have it all? He paid the price to give it all. Let's get it all of what, and walk in it, though. We want to live the spirit form life. We don't want to just know about it. We want to live it because it's fun. So we're going to talk about being baptized in water. 
And let me just say, being baptized in water is not just like a religious duty or a religious thing. It is, uh, it's a dynamic that we experience. And there's things about it that I want to talk to you about. And obedience to this command means setting oneself on a pathway of submission to the Lordship of Christ. He tells us, make disciples, baptize. Baptize. You know what? We need to do it. It's a commitment to pursue discipleship as one dead to sin, because we are, but alive to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's, baptism is a symbol of that. And we tell everybody that, you know, we talk to people that want to be baptized. We explain and talk to you about what it's a picture of. And I'm going to go a little bit more into a little bit more depth tonight. Um, you know, the spirit-filled, spirit-formed life is a process. If anybody noticed, it's a process. A process of sanctification. A process of transformation of what God's doing in our lives. It's a life of becoming under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. How many of you can say that you're not what you were? Especially when we were first saved. Man, God's done so much. But last week, yesterday, five minutes ago... You know, he's ever-changing and transforming us because he's making us, not because he's dissatisfied with us, but he's making us into his image. He's perfecting us, and he's doing good things. So I want to talk tonight about elements. There's two elements in particular I want to talk about that are fundamental to our life in Christ and growth in him. And um, these elements are what we call sacraments in the church and in the life of the church And there's going to be two that we're going to talk about. Tonight I'm going to talk about water baptism, but the other one will be, we'll talk about it next week. We call it communion or the Lord's table. We're going to talk about that. Because sometimes, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. And when you have more understanding, like honestly, the things I'm going to talk to you about tonight, I would have received immediately by faith when I was water baptized. But let me just say this, even if you've already been, If you haven't known it, you can say, well, I'm going to walk in that. Now, I receive that now, you know. So it's not not for just when you're water baptized, although it is, but it's for living the spirit formula and living out in the power of baptism in our lives because there's things that God does when we're water baptized. And so we're going to talk about it, about water baptism. You know, um, I want to talk a little bit more about the sacraments because – a sacrament is just a practice of something that is sacred to us. Um, it's a declaration, just like water baptism. When you are baptized, it's a declaration that trust is being placed in that power, that potential power of that exercise. And faith is there, and it's being manifested by the action that you take. So Jesus says, you know, to be baptized. And we're going to read some scriptures that talks about we're buried with him. Well, it's a symbol. It's a it's symbolic of us being buried with him in a watery grave and then coming up in resurrection power. But it's not just it's a dynamic that we experience because that's true of our life. You know, every day the enemy wants to try to saddle up with our past or try to make us think that, you know, that you're. Uh, you know, you're just never going to be better. But, you know, you know, we're, the Bible tells us to reckon ourselves dead to sin. You know, and so it's, it's the way that God sees us now. And he wants us to see ourselves 
the same way. And to walk, there's power in God when you walk that out. Walking in the truth of who he says you are. There is power in that. If you just focus on what your flesh is trying to do and the old man trying to come up and be boss, then your eyes are going to be on the wrong thing. You need to get on the truth of who God says you are. And begin to say, old man, you have died with Christ. Be quiet. But we have sacraments in the church. They're sacred to us. The church's concept of a sacrament proposes a participation of two parties when we make it. The Lord's table with what Jesus has done and in water baptism. God's made a provision for us. And with specific actions or deeds, we respond to his provision. Jesus provided his death, burial, and resurrection for us. And then our responding action is when he tells us to be water baptized, he wants us to take that, declare that, and then act that out, so to speak, in water baptism. God's the initiating party. We're not. He's the one that initiates. And he makes a gracious deposit of provisions for us and for our part we make a deposit and it's a deposit of faith believing what he says about it and then our willing obedience to participate i have to tell you i was one of those pride city when i first knew about water baptisms because i was raised episcopalian all you did was something nice like sprinkle water on top of your head that's not too bad i was a little girl when it happened but i do still remember it standing right by that little baptismal bowl thing I don't know, it's probably not the correct term, but you know, that little thing with the water in it and they put it on your head. You know, I do still remember it. I think I might have been like four years old, but that is something I remember. But you know, when it came time me as an adult and they wanted you to be baptized, I thought, oh. But you know, the bad thing is, sometimes when you're new, like I was, I didn't know everything about baptism, water baptism. I didn't know really what it meant. I just knew you're dunked under, you come up, you were dry, now you're wet. (laughs) Your hair is a mess. And, uh, you know, but when we begin to understand, number one, that he, he tells us to. And, you know, a lot of things God tells us to do, and we don't always get all the reasons why. Well, we need to walk in the obedience because the blessing is in the obedience to what he's told us. And whether we get it here, it's going to begin to work out in our lives. But we need to really understand and really know what it's about. You know, almost made me, I'm like, I want to get baptized again, you know. But, you know, water baptism is a, a biblical command. And it's a personal responsibility. It's not a religious tradition. It's not just a religious thing, you know. Because a lot of people are just swift to, okay, you got to say, now get baptized. You know, just throw in traditions. But it's what God has asked us to do. Jesus has said. And, you know, um, you know, remember the mud? And when Jesus got the mud and he put the water in it, water, mixed it. Oh, no, he spit. I'm sorry. Oh, that was too nice. He spit on that mud and put it on their eyes. You know, I mean, would that have made sense to your brain to do that? I mean, I guess my point is this. Water baptism may not make sense here to people, but if the Lord tells us to do it, why don't we just do it? You know? 
And there's so many other things. Like he says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Speak life. Choose life. Why don't we just do what he says? You know, why, why don't we just, just, you know, us, we're like these little kids. I didn't want to. Remember why? You know? Why do you want me to do that? Well, it's hard, you know? You want me to pray? Fast? Ah! You know? It's hard. You know, you ever think we sound kind of like our kids sound to us and we think, what's wrong? You know, just do it. But, and I'm not saying God says that. He's not like, let's do it. But, you know, sometimes we ought to just do it. Just shut up and do it, you know? And just by faith in what he's told us to do. Not out of a ritualistic, legalistic. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about faith in God and what he says and what he says happens. Okay, i got to get on here. All right. So it's personal. This is a personal thing in that Jesus has commanded it to each of us. If you've received him, he said, now, be baptized. Be water baptized. In Cornelius' house, though, let me say, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. They had received power from on high before they were water baptized. I think so had I. I'm pretty, I wish I would have written things down. I don't know the date I was saved. It was the month of May. In 1980, but I wish I'd have written it down, so I'm not really a writer down a date too much. But I think I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, too, before I was water baptized. But, you know, but if you kind of go in, in where we see the normal thing, it's you're water baptized. And, but it doesn't have to happen way because sometimes people have been water baptized and then receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit right there when they're being water baptized. So, hey, don't limit God. He's in charge of all that order, Okay. Just say, I want everything you have, Lord. Everything you have. Baptism is a matter of obedience to Christ. After we've been baptized, we're to live in the power of our baptism. Talking about water baptism. That means we're to live in an abiding recollection of our baptism with this mindset. I have submitted myself in obedience to Jesus' Lordship. And this is my lifetime commitment. This is who I am, and this is what I've done, and this is what it says. My will is to do his will. You know, you need to talk to yourself like that. You need to make some declarations and say, that's who I am. You know, the enemy wants to try to tell you you're somebody else, but you're not. This is who you are. In Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, we see Paul showing that baptism is an action of commitment, to burial. You know, when Alan does a, um, uh, a funeral, when he does a funeral, when you go to the grave, when you go, when you go to the cemetery into the grave, it's called a committal, right? Yes. yes. Part well, yeah, part of it is the committal. The, that part is when the body is going to be committed, you know, to the ground. And it's the committal. And so, in burying, in lowering that body, it is a committal. It, you're a commitment to that burying. And so, in Romans chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, we're going to see an action of commitment to burial for us in that same sense. In verse 3, it says, oh man, this is so good. It's hard not to read it all. Mm, I'll start at verse, uh, I'll just, I am going to start at verse 1. So what do we do, Romans 6? It's talking about the triumph of grace over sin. So what do we do then? You know, Paul's just, anyway, 
Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? Well, what a terrible thought. We've died to sin once and for all as a dead man passes away from this life. See the committal, the burial? So how could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? Verse 3, this is where I'm getting. Oh, have you forgotten that all of us were immersed into union with Jesus, the anointed one. We were immersed into union with his death. In verse 4. And sharing his death by our baptism means that we are, were co-buried and entombed with him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. We've been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. Did you know you've been empowered to walk in the freshness of new life? That's who you are. That's what the Bible says. You need to write that down and say, I am empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. That's what Jesus has done for me. I was buried. All that sin was buried. And I've been raised to a new life. And water baptism is a picture of that committal of the body, the old man buried. And the new man rising up. Like a funeral at sea, we're to bury our old ways in the waters where Jesus has called us to meet him. And then in baptism, in our burial, we declare that we're dead to our past in our old carnal ways. When your old carnal ways try to creep up, creep up say, mm, no, no, that's, that's old, that's dead, that's buried. You don't have any place in me. You know, but that's not just the end of it. Jesus says, as we are buried, as we're immersed in the water, we also rise again to the new life. New creations. We come up out of the water and we're declaring from now on we will draw on the power of the resurrection life of our Lord Jesus. So what we're talking about tonight is, yes, being water baptized, but then walking in the newness of that life. Walking in the power of that resurrection. And remembering the day when you went under and said, no, I've been raised to a new life. That's who I am. That's what God's done in me. And just as Jesus was buried, so have we been buried with him. That's who you are. It's not who you're trying to be. It's who you are. And as he arose, so have we risen in the newness of life and the power of his spirit. Romans 8 verse 11 says this. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, and it does when you receive Christ. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. You know, I need the life of God in this mortal body. Anybody else need it? So, you know, when your body's trying to cave or hurt or say uh, it just can't go one step more, you just remind it that the resurrection life of God and the power of God's in this body. And we're going to live long and strong and that we renew our youth like the eagles. You know, we mount up with wings close to him. And what do we do? We run and we don't grow weary. You know, you've got to talk to him. That's who you are. And he tells us, but, hey, this is who you are. I, I, I know everybody in this room may not love Joel Osteen, but I love Joel Osteen. You know why? You ever listen to him preach? You are lifted. You are lifted. I think you will talk better if you will listen to Joel. I thought, wow. It, they, and last night, Al and I watched it. And um, 
you know, they had different people making declarations. I think it was on Easter. I guess, obviously, it was a re- yeah, it was Easter. It was a rerun, obviously. But they were standing in different places in the church making declarations. Big old Lakewood, you know. But I just, y'all, God says to speak life, speak truth. And that's what we're doing. We say this. We're saying who we are. You know what, man, that, that anointing in God's word, that, the power of the enemy just can't have to slide off of that oil of the anointing. Just can't hang on you. Cannot hang. Living in the power of the baptized life means allowing the life-giving Spirit of God to resurrect you on a daily basis. God wants to resurrect you on a daily basis. Lifting you above the dead habits of the past into newness of life for today and forever. He wants to raise you up out of that. And you know what? He wants you to know that He is well able and that He's done it so that you don't just Think, well, this is just the way it is. I guess this is the way it's going to be for me. No, he's raised you to new life. You've come up. And when you remember your baptism, or if you haven't been, after you are, you just remember, you just say, "Uh uh-uh, I have been raised up. I have been raised up out of this. That's what God has done in me. I want to talk about another aspect of when we're baptized and things. Uh, something else that happens. Here we see our burial and our resurrection to new life. And I want to read out of Colossians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 in the Passion Translation. This is what it says. It says, Through our union with him, we have experienced circumcision of heart. All of the guilt and power of sin has been cut away. And is now extinct because of what Christ, the anointed one, has accomplished for us. For we've been buried with him into his death. And our baptism into death also means we were raised with him when we believed in God's resurrection power and the power that raised him from death's realm. I think I'm going to read 13. This realm of death describes our former state. For we were held in sin's grasp, but now we've been resurrected out of the realm of death, never to return, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. But here you see again, in this with the baptism, it talks about the circumcision of the heart. In baptism, God wants to cut away flesh. He wants to remove carnality from our lives. He wants to remove the things that are outside of his purpose and design for our lives. Things that will help us when they're removed. Too many times we try to remove them, but God, by the circumcision of the heart, removes them and cuts it away. Baptism's not, again, a ritual to be performed, but rather a dynamic to be experienced. The connection of circumcision to baptism in Colossians 2, verses 11 and 12 that I just read shows that baptism is when God cuts away flesh as we come under his order, his way of doing things. And it releases power to bring about his promised life and purpose through us. You know, uh, Abraham didn't receive um, Isaac. Isaac wasn't conceived until Abraham was first circumcised. Now, this is the circumcision of the heart. Y'all rest easy. But, uh, but life comes forth. Life comes forth as 
circumcision of the heart will bring life just as life came forth from Abraham after his. These things happen in the privacy of our own hearts, <laughs> just as that would have been private. This is in the privacy of our own hearts because it is a circumcision where God works his will and his power in us. You know, he's gentle and kind. I realize everybody else isn't sometimes, but God is. And when he does things, when he speaks, he's kind. Again, he's a lifter of your head. So I want to look at one more illustration regarding baptism. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 and 2. And it says this. It says, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. This is a picture, as you know, of Israel coming out of Egypt. History's most dynamic deliverance, I might say, <laughs> from slavery unto destiny, parting the sea, quite a deliverance. The children of Israel were all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. The Bible uses this miraculous moment of the Red Sea's parting to give us insight into another blessing of baptism that God's ready to impart. Moments before, y'all know, y'all know how the Israelites, there they were. They'd come out of Egypt. Pharaoh and his army begin to chase them. They come to the Red Sea. Their enemies at their back, and there's the Red Sea. Quite a dilemma. But you know, God parted that sea. Moses raised his arm. God's power parted that sea. And they came through, and they came through a pathway of deliverance. When they went through that sea, they were delivered from their enemies. And then that sea closed in on their oppressors. They had enslaved them from four centuries. The sea closed in over them, and they were thoroughly defeated as the waters covered them. Water baptism is intended to be a moment also of deliverance for us. Those things that we bury, the things of the flesh, the things of our life, the things maybe regrets, that they're buried in that sea. The things to which we've been enslaved, the fetters by which we've been shackled, the snares in which we've been entangled through the actions of the adversary lay covered over in baptism, in water baptism. You need to see it that way. And again, I'm not telling you you have to be water baptized again, but just think back to when you were and remind yourself what happened. And remind yourself that you walk in that truth every day. Because it might try to come up out of that water and grab you, but uh-uh, you have been annihilated. You are dead. And you're not coming up. Because the Bible says it has no power over us anymore. And you need to stand and walk in that truth. The enemy wants you to think he has more power than you. But God has given you power and authority over all the power the enemy possesses. But we have to walk in it. We have to agree and say, uh-uh. We're the ones that have to say, no, you're not. You have no power over me. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's standing in who you are and what he's done. 
Water baptism, again, is not just a church tradition. It is a miracle moment. In water baptism, we obey the lordship of Jesus. In it, we welcome the Holy Spirit. In it, we bury our past. In it, our hearts are circumcised so new life and power and God's fullest promise for our lives might be realized. In it, every bondage and every yoke is broken in water baptism. And our futures are open to fullest freedom in Christ that we may arise and walk in the life-giving power of our living Savior. He's got that for us. And he wants us to walk in it. These are the dynamic principles demonstrated in water baptism. And each is a present reality awaiting us that we can walk in every day. So whether you've been baptized or not, come and possess the promises that God gave you in baptism. If you haven't, then we will be, we, if you want to be baptized sooner than later, we'll baptize you sooner. But we're going to baptize on July the 27th. But if you want to baptize, be baptized sooner than that, you can see us and we'll baptize you sooner. But be baptized and receive what God has for you in that. And if you've already been baptized, possess those promises that God has made in baptism. Be baptized. Live in the power of the baptism. It is God's will for us. Amen. Father, we thank you. Your word is so rich. And you have promised us so, so many things, Father, in your word. Man, it's just awesome, Lord. And Father, our part is to possess those promises. And that just means to receive them by faith. To see our lives and say, look what God has done. When I've been saved, when I received Jesus. And then when I was water baptized, may we see that the the spirit-formed life that we're living, Father. May we walk in the power of baptism in our lives, Father. It's what you've done. It is supernatural. It's not a, a thing done in the visible realm. It's done in the invisible realm. And, Father, we just step out anew into all that you've done. And we say, thank you, Jesus. We are walking in your Spirit-empowered path, and we thank you in Jesus' name.